Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. The bicycle is its own best argument. You just get on a bike, try it, start going with the thing, and use it whenever it suits you. Bye-bye, those blues go. Blues go away. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR here at Monday morning, 10 o'clock, for the Yarrabug Bicycle Show, a show about bikes, riding them, fixing them, and loving them. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. And good morning, Kathy, our guest, Kathy Hall, from Our Children, Our Schools. Hello, Val. And it is a... It's one of those lovely autumn mornings... Very Christmas morning, not quite full length gloves. You wear full length gloves in the day, or not? Not yet. Not no, yet. Yeah, no. Waiting for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lovely day, and many thanks to Democracy Now. Um, plenty of things happening in America. Faith, bike moments, those lovely glittering bike moments. Bike um, moments. I had a, a couple this weekend. Um, a, a very nice uh, ride down from Geelong to Queenscliff yesterday and some mussels for lunch, Port Arlington mussels, a glass of Riesling and a ride back, which the Bellarine Rail Trail, I mean, it's a great rail trail. I think it's not the most exciting rail trail, but, um, you know, just for a ride to lunch, it was quite nice. Good views of the Yu Yangs too Mm. in between the housing developments. There we go, by the seashell side. Keen to try that. Yeah, yeah. no. It's, the muscles. The muscles. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's worth it for the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a market at Queenscliff. It's, yeah. you know, nice day out, and an aut- especially in autumn. Yeah. Nice. Cathy, some little glittering moment to share <laughs> with us? Just a short and sweet one from yesterday evening, a lovely dusk ride up the Merry Creek, and I saw my uh, first Merry Creek kangaroo 
that's that's that. Yeah. Um, um, but recently, a couple of weeks ago, we took our bikes on our on the back of our car for the first time to Lilydale Warburton and did that as well with our daughter. Ah, uh, lovely. Mm. Uh, it is a special part up there. Um, what's mine? Very a little bit humdrum, run of the mill. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. Um, we're going to talk later about um, the I had you know. Cycling fatalities, there's a quirky thing going on in the Netherlands. I know, I know, I know. And reading up on um, Operation Pedro, again, the New South Wales police cracked down on any sort of cyclist in New South Wales. A lot of motorists, a lot of cyclists, a lot of pedestrians don't know many of the road rules. So I always have a little bit of a laugh when um, I come to turn into a street and a pedestrian obviously has right-of-way, so we have this sort of eyes gauge as, I'm going to go or you're not going to go. Mm. And it all always ends with quite a funny moment, I think, which happened on the way to the radio show this morning. Mm-hmm. Neither of us stopped. It was a good funny laugh, though. It's good for practising track stands. I know, <laughs> I know. And look, I, I rode through a pedestrian crossing once with a person on the pedestrian crossing because, I, you know... Like cyclists, most motorists say, oh, I didn't even see you there. But it's interesting that you, you get a little bit more, much more focused on exactly what's happening. Mm. Anyway, all good. <laughs> we on should to, move on uh, to a little bit of news first. Some yes. news. Um, I will only touch on this briefly because I'm pretty sure Chris next week will be able to fill everyone in on the details. But as our regular listeners will know, the... Um, Russell Reserve shared path upgrade was a long fought for uh, thing in the community of Yarra and uh, was agreed to by council in 2016. Um, And so it came as a bit of a surprise to everyone to discover very recently that council had decided to shelve the project for a list of reasons, including the um, sudden spiralling costs from metro trains um, but you'll be glad to know that uh, they have agreed now to go ahead from their meeting on the 24th of April um, there will be measures taken to get funding from the state government to cover the additional costs and um, council has reaffirmed its commitment to complete this long planned and vital shared path connecting the Murray Creek Trail to the Capital City Trail so that's good news. So far. At the end. At the end. <laughs> I want to see it build. Yes. <laughs> it, I hope it doesn't turn... You know that Darabin Trail bridge mm. that took... Four years. Oh, it's a bit no, longer, longer than sorry. That, 20. Well, we haven't <laughs> talked about Gibbs Street. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Gibbs Street is still going. So we don't want it to be drawn out into one of those projects that everyone agrees to do but no one ever gets done. Turns the soil. Um, Giro starts this week that... The uh, 4th of May it starts and actually the first three stages of the Jura are going to be held in um, Israel which is a um, um, a little bit of a hot issue at the moment and I would think it should be out due this week there's still a report coming on Chris Froome and his eligibility to ride in it look forward to that and everybody will be happy and looking forward to June the 3rd this year you know, United Nations have declared it the National World, World Bike Day. Bicycle Day Get out your bike pins. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I just wanted to touch on we had Michael from Corporate Cycling here a couple of months back now talking about the Handmade Bicycle Show Take Two. 
Um, and that was on over the weekend. So, and that was, I got along on Friday night. It was uh, an amazing show, really well put together. Amazing to see so many bike builders um, from all over Australia and some beautiful machines. It's um, so, yeah, I think uh, kudos. It was. It looked like a really well attended weekend and I think everyone came out of it very happy. Yeah, good. Good. They were um, very, you know, determined to make it a a good-looking show and get as many people as they could. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nice to see uh, the resurgence of it after the uh, initial few shows. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot more people looking at this. You can see it more and more people, you know, talking about if I'm going to spend a fair bit of money, I might as well get something that's actually built exactly to my size. And, and nice to see people making things mm. and, and that craft being reignited, that passion for it and, and new ideas going into an old craft that's you yeah. know, been given a new lease of life. There were carbon and wooden bikes, composite. Yep. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. It's just... Um, all sorts of... Yeah. 3D printing. I mean, there's anyway. It's, it's great to see the same old double diamond design just reinvigorated <laughs> yeah. over and yeah. over and over again. And nice to see people from the car industry using the transferring those skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it once went the other way. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. But now one industry is going to die, so it must mm. all jump on the back of a rising <laughs> industry. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're living in New South Wales, you'll be happy to know that uh, their annual Operation Pedro is finished in New South Wales. And I must um, give a big hand out to the New, uh, New South Wales police, actually. They were, uh, last year in the same operation, they only managed to find 160 uh, cyclists. This year, they've got that number up to 258. Punching above their weight, those boys and blow up there, aren't they? <laughs> Most of the fines were for footpath riding. And helmets. Most of the helmet uh, infringements were for hire bikes with no helmets yeah. on them. So interesting to see what's happening. Could only happen in New South Wales. Well, I mean, footpath riding, that is one of those things that all it shows is that there's no safe infrastructure for cyclists. You no, you have you to know. go to the footpath because the roads too dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they did introduce a safe passing distance in New South Wales, mm. but hardly anybody ever gets fined for it. No. So, Well, they did issue more fines to cyclists over the duration of Operation Pedro than they have issued safe passing infringement notices mm. to drivers since that law came in, which has been over a year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's what you do with the law. And yes. ASIC is finding yes. out with all the, the fallbacks. <laughs> <laughs> which bring us to what I found startling, actually, the first time, 2017, 206 cyclists were killed in the Netherlands compared to 201 motorists. I know everybody's screaming out there, it's about miles travelled. We all understand that differences in population, differences in um, trips, how many times and everything like that. What I found most interesting, apart from the part of the increase coming from a range of particularly men, particularly men over 65 riding e-bikes, the other thing that I was struck by was the average commute in the Netherlands has virtually doubled in the last four or five years. And the Netherlands have worked really hard to make that happen. Um, Twelve years ago, or even maybe even a little longer, 
they when I was still living there, they started promoting electric bikes because they could lengthen the distance people were willing to go. So you have a really high rate of travel by bike for very short trips, five kilometres and under, but not as many people would do an eight or ten kilometre commute. And I was riding to work seven kilometres, which was shorter than any commute I'd ever had in Australia, and yet everyone thought, well, you know, they were, you know, that's a very sporty thing to do. Mm. So one of the big pushes they had was encouraging electric bikes to get people up to that 10, 12-kilometre yeah. range um, with great success. And the older gentlemen on the electric bikes, it's interesting because people of, say, my grandmother-in-law's generation, you know, they rode into their 80s and 90s, as she did, um, and what you notice is they ride slower as they get older. So as your reflexes slow and your balance might not be so great, you're also slowing down on the bike. So when you do fall, it's a very slow speed fall. Yeah. Um, and the electric bikes, what's happened is your reflexes are slowing down yeah. and other th- things are being affected, but you're now travelling at 25 kilometres an hour. Yeah. Good point. And with a lot of these things, which a lot of people never realise when riding a bike, two of the most dangerous parts of it are getting on it and getting off it. Yeah. And when your muscle strength has decreased a little bit, but the weight of the bike has gone up by 20 kilos, it can be an unfair battle in some stages. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all the news for today. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back talking to Cathy in just a minute. (laughs) If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. Well, check out the happy vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to three, say, oh, flap your ears. What? And you're back listening to the Yarrabug radio show on 3CR. Our studio guest today is Kate Hall from Our Children, Our Schools and the chair of the Active Transport Committee at Coburg High School. Our children, our schools are being very active, lobbying <clears throat> the Victorian government um, on different aspects, especially access to um, education, public education for students all around uh, Melbourne and Victoria. But um, one thing you might not have known is that they've also been very active in lobbying the government about active travel to school. So, Kate, maybe you could start off with... Um, telling us the background for this and how it fits in with our children, our schools mandate. Thanks, Faith. Well, we're all about equity of access to local public schools and one of the benefits of the local school is it enables active travel and the benefits of active travel are often, there's quite a lot of crossover with the benefits of a local school, community building and um, 
confidence, being able to travel through your own area to school, etc. I'm sure all your listeners are aware of the benefits of active travel. Um, so we, um, we've decided to really make a core part of our focus, the active travel to schools. And in our, so for two years in a row, our budget submissions have, been, have included that aspect. Um, and part of our advocacy involved meeting with uh, Infrastructure Victoria a couple of years ago when they were developing the 30-year strategy, and we agreed to disagree with them. Um, they decided they recognised the need for behaviour change, but decided to focus on just a couple of inner-city areas for trials, from what I can understand. I think that followed through to the final strategy. We were arguing that behaviour change, um, a really good place to start is with children, particularly children travelling to school, for one reason uh, you get the influence, well you get the change happening early, also you get the change influencing other family members and also the uh, attitude, the problematic attitude we have to cyclists among some in the community could be tempered by the fact that people don't really begrudge a child on a bike and so we just see that as being a really good place to start. And um, now that we've had the cycling Victorian cycling strategy released, um, we've got a couple of sort of policies to pin it all onto. The strategy, um, we were pleased to see it had a, it did have a few pages on active travel to schools, and um, coupled with their stated intention to prioritise funding strategic cycling corridors, we're advocating that they the focus is on the corridors around schools. So you you get safe routes within around 2Ks of the school because it's all very well, um, um, you know, having the bike parking and getting the increase uh, interest within the school, but then you're encouraging people into unsafe routes around the school. So, yeah, we we, we see that an important focus. Um, Also, the education state have a target to increase daily travel among kids and we see a really perfect way to achieve that is to get the 10 trips a a week you get with active travel to school. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because um, one thing that becomes apparent when we look through your submission is the number of different agencies you have to pull together because all these things are like, and a lot of them are things that um, have traditionally been the domain of the local government, but where we're trying to get state government funding, something beyond just a nice couple of sentences in a policy document, a real thing to that. So how difficult is that when there's so many different agencies and levels of government involved? Yes, um, that was quickly. We quickly realised that was a problem. Initially, we spent a lot of time going around the different agencies because, in many peak and key bodies, there are people working really well on this. Vic Roads, RECV, etc. Even the department, education department. In yeah. each body, everyone knows another person, all women for some reason, but and they all know each other and they're all of a like mind. But yes, um, there's a lot of barriers. One problem is it, well, a positive is it cuts across a lot of um, portfolios because of the benefits are so broad, but that makes it hard to know who to focus in on. Yeah. You know, community building, roads, education, health. In fact, I forgot to mention Infrastructure Victoria highlighted the key health issue was children being driven to school, but yeah. then they didn't address it. And so, um, but yeah, back to your question, the, yeah, the the various bodies, and then um, 
the lack in the strategy of um, clear mechanism uh, governance for any change uh, and funding. And um, so Active Transport Victoria have been tasked with carrying out some of these changes, working with councils, and that's a big plural when you think of all the schools and all the councils, but um, as we said in our submission, that's going to require um, getting more people into Active Transport Victoria, which I think is only one and a half people, and obviously funding. So, um, yeah. yeah, it does get quite complex. And I can talk about a local case study, the Coburg High case, you know, case yeah. study to illustrate that as well. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good example. We can go into that. So that will give listeners some concrete mm. example of how sure. this works. So um, at Coburg High, uh, last, beginning of last year, we established the Cycling and Active Travel Subcommittee. And um, because the school community really values active travel and thankfully so do the management and the teachers because you really do need that buy-in from the teachers. Um, so we've had a lot of success. Initially we had to deal with bike parking. So um, we actually approached RACV because we'd noticed they have a real shift in in their attitude and also support changes on Sydney Road and Coburg Highs near Sydney Road. So we were lucky we got 15,000 out of them and then a teacher um, uh, designed and project managed the build of our beautiful new bike shelter and we want to make it open to the community as much as possible via um, we have a bike workshop which was also part of the whole project so that's a whole project that's got a long way to go yet but we've got a lot of ideas. Um, so we dealt with that, we dealt with safety within the school grounds by really restricting parents cars in the grounds. So we dealt with parking parking and safety, then we get to the safety outside the school and this is where the lobbying and the difficulties come in because now we're, we've identified four um, strategic cycling corridors that could be funded that would because all our problem areas happen to be strategic cycling corridors um, dangerous intersections roads with speeds that are too high roads where there's no way the kids can get from one side to the other safely but we've got to deal with two councils um, we've got to deal with various parts of council and some of those roads aren't Council managed no, roads, roads. So it's very complicated. Um, and just an indication of how um, far we've all got to go on this. Um, Moreland Council have are uh, working on their integrated transport strategy at the moment. The background paper for that had absolutely nothing about travel to schools, let alone active travel to schools. Mm. It's a really big, important omission, and right. they are going to rectify that. Um, this was down to the. Um, uh, consultants who did it, who I spoke directly with, and they said, oh, yeah, we didn't really think about that. We're young. We don't have children. <laughs> it's just not good enough. So we've got a long way to go. Um, so, yes, um, yes, <laughs> we, um, have to, we're going to have to deal with council, Vic Road, state government, Active Transport Victoria, two councils. Yeah, and it highlights why you need something in place so that every individual school isn't having to Mm. find the people who can deal with the two councils, Mm. Vic Roads, all and go through the same process over and over and over again. Actually, yeah, that reminds me. So in our submission, we've asked for all schools to have bike parking included because school communities and teachers shouldn't be scrabbling around trying to lobby for those and other bits of infrastructure. But also, yes, um, it was really good when the Preston High School was announced um, James Molino said that the government was going to work with the, get the department to work with councils and Vic Roads to make sure there were safe routes provided. Yep. 
we're lo- you know, yeah. we look forward to seeing that being rolled out for all schools systematically, and that's what we're lobbying for. There needs to be a process, and it needs to happen as a matter of course. As part yeah. of the building a new school mm. involves building in how to get mm. there. Because I noticed in the um, plans for the new high school in Paran, you know, they uh, the education minister James Molino said new bicycle bays would be installed and information provided by his office said changes to existing parking would make it safer. But there's not been any allocation for anyone to work out safe routes mm. to that school. So, And if you know where it is on um, High Street in Paran, it's it's got great tram access and everything, but it can be quite tricky on a bike if you're talking about sending your 12-year-old off to year seven. Yeah, I understand it's, Chapel Street's going to be a common route yes. for them to bike down. I was speaking to someone involved yeah. in that yeah. school um, yeah. campaign. So. The other thing is, um, obvious, well, actually, all your listeners know the benefits, but another one I haven't mentioned, apart from the benefits to the actual children in the communities, is the congestion. And um, yep. peak hour mm. congestion in the mornings, a very big proportion of it is children being driven to school. Yep. And you notice the drop off in the school holidays. Yep. So we're sort of saying, why not have school holiday roads all year round? Yeah. Oh, it ma- definitely makes sense. We need, I mean, you're highlighting something of trying to tie eight or ten different agencies together mm. to produce one thing. Nobody and somebody to oversee it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Which is why, yeah, you need it to be built in to the process yeah. for yep. a new school. It's, uh, and that's what's missing. I think that could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's listeners who um, are thinking, wow, we've been trying to affect some change around our school and, you know, we've got these little things. we got some bike racks and we got this, but we need to be a part of a bigger group who can activate this. Um they can get in touch with our children in our schools? Absolutely. They can contact us via messaging the Facebook page or my contact details or our contact details are on our website, mm-hmm. Our Children, Our Schools. And I'd love for them to go and look at the submission, which is, is on the website and under we'll media. And we have a link up to that Great, because there's good... Um, just policy background for them, just quite brief, that they can key into if they are advocating for their own school. Yeah. They can sort of um, uh, quote the, the, the relevant policy. And we've also had some fantastic work done for us by some, um, some pro bono work by people doing research in this area, and they've provided us some evidence base for all these recommendations. So that's at the back of our submission. It's only a few pages, so I think it is worth reading. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, one way to overcome that obstacle of having to lobby on so many fronts if, if there's a coalition people can join um, and uh, make that more effective. Oh, that's absolutely. We'd welcome anyone getting in touch and, and joining up for yeah. sure. Mm. How many kids would cycle to school at Coburg? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not actually sure. Um, uh as a parent, it's quite hard to get the um, hands-up survey thing yeah. happening. Um, I did it at a previous primary school, and we got some bike parking through that. Um, I think it's about 50%. It's yeah. quite high, and what's interesting is there's a high level of teachers cycling as well. So yeah. we've had really good buy-in, or not just buy-in. They've, you know, they were already very active in this sphere before our committee was formed. Yeah. But no, it's a very... High, I understand it's a very high rate, but I can't tell you the exact figure. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh it's um, 
I think it's important too that buy-in from the whole community because mm. the schools I know with the highest rates, it is one where teachers are on board as well. And there's only so much a parent can do. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And there's a you know there's a a number that says, especially in a place like Coburg, inner city, mostly small time. I mean, I'm saying mostly not as long as commutes to school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're oh, sur- oh, sorry. No. I was just going to say we're surrounded by fantastic bike paths just yeah. a bit further away from the school, from. the O'Hay, the Mary. Uh, I can't remember what else just at the moment, but there's just when you get near the school, it's a problem. Right. And one, one particular yeah. one I'll highlight is um, yeah. because it was meant to be the connecting point between O'Hay and Mary, and that is down Pentridge Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, there's an intersection, Pentridge and Urquhart, which is meant to be part of this um, strat- this um, strategic corridor, and it's the main entrance to the school, but there's no pedestrian or cycling treatment at that busy intersection. Yeah. And that's just getting more and more dangerous yeah. every year as we get a couple of hundred more kids each year. So. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming in this morning, Kate. Thanks for having me. Um, for anyone who does want to find out more about what our children, our schools are doing, we'll have a link from the podcast when it goes up. That's all we have time for this morning. Thank you very much for listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. We do rely on the support of our listeners to stay on the air and you can donate or subscribe at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... Jailbreak. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.